On this episode of Life at the Ballpark, you'll hear the story of a man who announced his first major league game at the age of 23. And he got some advice he didn't want, but will never forget from a Cardinals legend. I said, Mr. Buck, I got uh, all my notes. And he said, let me take a look at those. He grabs these notes and he tears them up into about a thousand pieces and throws them into a trash can. And the trash can is behind us and the field is in front of us. And he says, kid, that's not the bleeping game and points at the notes. And he points to the field. He goes, that's the bleeping game. Describe what you see, kid. Welcome to the podcast, Life at the Ballpark, sharing stories from players, coaches, scouts, and broadcasters about their lives in baseball, from the sandlots to the big league ballparks. This podcast is coming to you from spring training at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter, Florida. Spring training home for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins. I'm John Frost, and my guest on this episode is Dan McLaughlin who's the play-by-play voice for the Cardinals baseball on Fox Sports Midwest, for which he has earned two Mid-America Emmy Awards. Great to be with you, John. Good to see you, buddy. You too. You too. It's always good to see you. A couple of things about Dan before we get going here. First of all, it's... I had to take my shoe off, but that's okay. (laughs) And your socks match nicely. Thank you. Uh, My sock game has really improved this spring. It's a little crazy. Sorry. It's a a Sunday morning at the ballpark, and it's 9.30 in in the morning, and Dan got here four hours before the first pitch just to be able to do this with me. This is usually late for me. <laughs> Seriously, during the regular season, this would be um, this would be late. So if we have, let's say, at uh, Bush Stadium, a 7-15 game, I would be at Bush Stadium by sometimes, oh, I'd say 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Right. Um, and on the road, I would be, oh, I would say for sure with Jim Hayes, our, our sideline partner, um, on the road for a 7 o'clock game, definitely by 1 o'clock. At, at home, I try to get to the ballpark maybe a little bit later because I have four children, and I like to spend a little time if I can, catch an hour or two with them if I can during the summer, um, a little bit more at home. But uh, on the road, I, you know, if I'm not playing golf with our buddy Rick Horton, um, which is nice, what a perk of the job that is because we really don't work, um, it's, it's nice to get to the ballpark early. There is nothing like being around baseball. I love the game. I still love the game, even with its quirky issues that they implement and have. It's still the greatest game in the world, and I love it. The other thing I wanted to mention is that your podcast, Uh-oh. Scoops with Danny Mac, yes, sir. is really the inspiration for me wanting to do this. I'm sorry. Oh. Now now you're going to be really well, blaming me for I mean, a year from now. Uh, the stuff you put out is just really quality. I appreciate that. You use, you use a lot of your buddies, a lot of the writers, yes. uh, regular people every day. Uh, there is no better source, I think, than tuning into Scoops with Danny Mac to hear Thank the you. latest from spring training and obviously during the season as well. Yeah, I, I uh, it, it's been fun. I mean, in, in St. Louis, John, and, and you know this, I mean, having roots there, people are dying for Cardinal baseball. And it's become a 365, 24 hours a day proposition. So um, if I can provide content nonstop for a baseball fan. I think that's an untapped market. Not to say that the Post-Dispatch isn't doing that and other outlets, cardinals.com and, you know, the various outlets that you can get it um, 
aren't providing that. But my goal is to provide something a little bit different. Um, they're doing their thing. I'm trying to find a different niche and provide that and provide information for uh, the fan back home in St. Louis, specifically for spring training and baseball. Um, but I have a lot of other information that's on the website too, which is what I wanted to do, which was to branch out and um, and provide some hockey. And obviously the Major League Soccer is really caught on for me. And, and that's a whole other entity in itself. And um, a little bit of college football and college basketball, which I do with St. Louis University, which I'm very thankful for. And I've had a hand in that over the years, off and on for many, many years. So um, it's a labor of love. I really enjoy it. I love the business side of it. And all those people that you hear, um, with the exception of maybe one or two, are all employees of mine. I mean, I pay them. And um, they're people that, uh, and I say employees, I mean, they're associates. But I mean, I'm not just bringing them in and saying, well, we're going to do this. And hey, thanks a lot. I mean, I run it as a business. And uh, and that's something I really enjoy. I love the business side of trying to do something different. Tell me about your love for baseball. Tell me, tell me how oh you fell in love with the game. I fell in love with the game in my backyard in South St. Louis. I, I grew up probably seven, eight minutes away from home plate at Bush Stadium. Uh, my mother is still alive, knock on wood. Thank God. She is my inspiration. She is the one I look up to. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know, who's the one person that's your biggest influence? It's her. Um, and so in when we were growing up in, in the city limits, um, and she's in that same house, uh, she's been there probably 50 years, and I'm now going, going to be 45 here in a couple of weeks. We... Uh, they, my parents rolled the ball out. My dad has been deceased for a number of years, but my mom and dad would roll about a ball out. I mean, it was football, basketball, baseball, wiffle ball, you name it. And that's what we did. And we had a, for a, you know, in the city limits, as you well know, in St. Louis, there's not a lot of space, right? So we had a, we had an alley and that was where a hoop went and we had a backyard. And for our backyard that had a fair amount of space considering you're in the city and we played sports. And we created games, and a lot of it was directed around um, baseball. And in the summers, that's all we did. And when I was a little kid, they would make fun of me because I would wear a full baseball uniform, John, with stirrups, pants, belt, uh, top, buttoned-up, hat, wool hat, every day. When I mean, I was a little guy. And I played baseball every single day. And I would announce the games like so for instance and i'm going off on tangents here sure um my i set up dinner with my brother and tim mccarver he's a, uh, a great lawyer in in um in st louis at greensfelder and he was doing business out in san francisco and tim has got a home out there and i said why don't you go have dinner with tim mccarver and he said oh that'd be great and so tim's asking him um you know, when did Dan, well, now when did Dan get that bug to, you know, broadcast? I love Dan. And, and my brother knows how much I love Tim and we love each other. I, I don't, I'm not ashamed to say I love another guy. I love him. He's a great guy. And, um, and he said, well, Tim, he said, Dan's been broadcasting. I can tell you since he's been about three, we're in our backyard and from sun up till sundown till we couldn't see, we were playing baseball in the backyard and um, and that's when I fell in love with the game. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Played it all my life. I, I played it in high school. Uh, it provided me a scholarship to college. 
And in the college I went to, which is now called a university, Linwood University, had a great program for what we're doing right now, announcing, talking, um, you know, mass communications with an emphasis in radio TV, which then provided me an, uh, an end to KMOX, which then got me to Fox Sports Midwest. And here we are today. So um, that little ball, that little baseball has provided me relationships with people, friendships with people, lifelong friendships, and a living that I never, ever thought I would ever have in my life. And so I owe my life to this game. And um, and it also brings me back to my father. I mentioned that he's deceased. Um, you know, I remember going to the ballpark with my dad, and some of my fondest memories are with my father at a ball game. So I love this game. I don't take it for granted every time I sit behind this mic, you know, we're, we're recording this in a booth and I don't take for granted looking out and seeing, and I know it sounds corny, but green grass, people with red shirts doing it for my hometown team. Um, I grew up a Cardinal fan, um, grew up, my favorite player was Ozzy. I mean, all those things. I mean, it's, it's pretty darn cool, man. And it's, it's something I, I do not take lightly. One of the things that I uh, enjoy listening to you for and, and particularly when you're with Ricky, I mean, all your partners are good, but I do think that you and Ricky have a special chemistry. He's great, and and one of the things that that makes it uh, is that people can tell that you're a fan. You I try to call can, it like people, a fan. People can tell. I've grown into you, the job, but yeah, yes, people can tell that you love the game. I do, and, and baseball is such a long season. Yep, you know, if you don't love the game, it comes out. Right? Absolutely, and I can hear in your broadcast. The, the genuine love you have for the game of baseball. There's a couple of things too, John. I, I think, you know, you got to love the game. And I make a point, you know, for instance, we had somebody on our crew that was talking about a length of the game down here. And I told him, don't ever say that to me again. He was in my ear. And I never get like that. I, I'm always very open to anybody that wants to suggest something to me because I think we always are learning. Always. No matter who you are, you know, you can be the greatest broadcaster, youngest guy. I, I don't care who you are. You're always learning. There's something that maybe clicks when you're at a dinner. Like you go to Tony the Russo and he was always writing notes on a napkin, right? And he brought up, he's like, oh, God, here we are in the eighth inning and we're, you know, three hours and blah, blah. I said, I don't ever want to hear that. I said, you can talk to somebody else about that. Don't ever say that in my headset again. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I love the game. And there's somebody watching right now, and they don't care. So don't do that. Um, and he goes, okay. And, and I said, and I talked to him afterwards, and I, I said, look, I wasn't trying to be mean to you. And he goes, no, no, I get it. And I said, just understand, I, I don't care. There are people that love the game like I do, and I don't care how long it takes. So understand that I love the game. Um, and the other part of my job that I think is very, very important, and as I've gotten more into this and grown up as a person – and I think we all continue to grow, um, is that there are people, and I truly believe this, there are people at home, and it's my job, and I've grown to learn this better and better. There are people at home, men and women, that have real jobs that are working in St. Louis in the heat of the summer and whatever job that they do, and they may not enjoy their job, and all they want to do is go home, get in their lazy boy, grab their Anheuser-Busch product. Notice I said Anheuser-Busch product. Grab their St. Louis-based Anheuser-Busch product, sit in there, that lazy boy, open up a six-pack, and enjoy the baseball game. 
And it's my responsibility to, to try to make that as entertaining as I can. Tell them about the game. Tell them about their favorite team. Tell them about their favorite player. And make it an experience that is enjoyable. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not doing my job, no matter what's going on in my personal life. So I may be having a bad day. My foot, which I said is hurting right now, may be hurting. Um, So what? Uh, Maybe my wife and I are having a fight, which everybody has a fight, which we're not. But maybe we're not. We're having a disagreement or my kids are running around like wild banshees, which probably is the case. I got I had four kids in three and a half years. They're wild banshees. It's going to happen. But for those three, three and a half hours, I got to put that stuff aside and do the best I possibly can because this is a beautiful game and those people deserve for me to give them the best I can. I'm not saying it always is going to be the best, but I got to try to be the best. And I really do. I love asking questions of people about transformative moments in their life. A moment (laughs) when you knew your life was going to be different, right? One of the ones that I like asking recording artists, performers, yeah. is tell me about the first time you ever heard your song on the radio. Okay. Because everyone has, has a great story. Yeah. It makes me think of the story that was very popular on the internet last year about Dakota Hudson. When, when he was in Memphis, Get Stubby ball. Clap yeah. came out, right? Right. And, and Stubby Clap came out to take Dakota Hudson out. out of, well, you tell the story. You, well, you, it was great. I mean, he, he, well, you, were, you were doing it quite well. Yeah. I mean, he, he came out to take him out of a game and had it on the ball and inscribed, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, you're going to the big leagues. And that's how he found out, which is a great way to tell a guy you're going to the big leagues, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and Stubby has probably had, over the last few years, more practice than anybody telling somebody they're going to the big leagues. So that was a good way to do it, I thought. Yeah, that was pretty cool. What's that transformative moment in your life? What was the time oh, man. that you remember the very first time you ever heard your voice on the radio? I, that's a great question. I don't know. if I, I've been interviewed a lot. I don't, I don't know if I remember that time. I do remember I thought I sounded awful. I mean, I think everybody does, right? They think, oh, gosh, that that's not me. That sounds terrible. Now I don't really care. I just kind of say, ah, that's me. And you know, I just go about my business. Um, boy, that, that's a great question. Um, well, Cam- Camo X was a big break for you, right? Camo X was huge. Very young. I was 20 you when remember, I was on the air. You remember the first time you ever were on Camo X? Absolutely. I, uh, Bob Hamilton, Bob Hamilton. Bob. Yeah. Who was very influential in my career. Um, at that time, they were still doing sports with a live sports person on the weekends, and they put me on the weekends to do updates, like in the afternoon, and then I would record the the Sunday and Saturday and Sunday morning sports. And um, I remember when they I hit the button, and it was like if anybody has watched Star Wars and they go into warp speed, it went into warp speed. And I remember two times in my life that that has happened one that time and I read the sports and I did okay it was fine I got through it and then the other time was the first regular season game I did and I messed up the third base coach of the Pirates and I can't remember it was Gene Lamont or somebody and it was I mixed up a manager and the third base coach and I was really upset with myself and uh, I had to walk outside the booth during the commercial break and I was hyperventilating to a point you know I mean I was really I, I felt like John my heart was outside my skin and I could like grab my heart and see it beating and um I remember going outside I closed the door put my head against the wall like backed up against the wall and uh 
kind of like deep breathing. And I said, you can get through this. You can do this. This is going to be okay. You're going to make it. And I went back and got through the game. And then being in this booth for the first game I ever did um, was I flew home from or flew down here from uh, Vancouver doing a blues game, which I was settled in doing the blues, doing the sidelines. And I went from Vancouver to Seattle on a puddle jumper. I'll never forget this. And um, so I'm at one end of North America to get to the other. And it was a terrible storm. I remember a guy being in a neck brace and we're in a, I mean, a puddle jumper in a bad storm. And the plane is jumping up and down. I remember the guy hitting his head and I felt bad for him. Yeah, that was bad. And we all were hitting our head. I landed in Vancouver or I'm sorry, I landed in Seattle, went from Seattle all the way to here and got off the plane. I'm tired. Joe Buck was here. Jack Buck was, God rest his soul, still alive. Mike Shannon. And we're down on the field. And I said, Joe, you know, you got any advice? He's like, ah, you got this. You know, you're fine. And I'd worked with Joe and I'd done shows with Jack on KMOX, which was just awesome. These NFL shows and produced for Jack. So and Mike knew and they're all and now we're now that we're getting to game time and we're sitting in this booth, which I'm facing you and trying to paint the picture here. And I'm looking across uh, past you right now and there's a, a booth which is open which got glass and then there's the radio booth and they're looking at me laughing at me knowing how nervous I am so I'm getting through the game and my partner is Al Raboski and um, the director says hey we're gonna have Joe come in like the fourth or fifth inning whatever to come in and, and do an inning with you and I said no problem and I'm just trying to get through the game and I mean I'm just like ground ball to short shortstop handles it throws to the first baseman it's an out you know I'm just getting through the game nuts and bolts right not saying a lot and um just it's very clean Joe comes in AJ Burnett is on the mound and he had a penchant for piercings and uh Joe just starts getting into AJ's nipple rings and I thought oh no no Joe please and Joe just starts getting it what do you think about his you know, nipple rings and piercing. And I thought, oh my God, this is going to, my first game is going to be it. And so that's what we started talking about. But um, now I would have a lot of fun with it. But back then I was like, please don't, you know, I'm just young. I'm just trying to get through this. I'm so nervous. But those were the nervous times I had. And those are the things I, I do remember early on. And now that I've grown into it, John, I really let my, I try to really let my personality shine through and just enjoy what I'm doing, call it as a fan, and um, and just have fun with it because it really is supposed to be a game that's fun, and I, I enjoy it. We'll be back to life at the ballpark right after this. You're listening to this podcast because you have an interest in baseball. If you own a business, what do you think people who call you have an interest in? <laughs> yeah, your business. So you need a message on hold. Now, tell your callers about your products and services, locations and hours, special offers and more with a message on hold now. We've been providing telephone on hold messages since 1992, and we can do one for you. Get your custom message on hold now at messageonholdnow.com. messageonholdnow.com. I'm John Frost, and today my guest is none other than Dan McLaughlin. One more question, then we'll wrap up, because I know you have work to do. Oh, you can go as long as you want. I'm uh, enjoying it. I heard your interview with Brian Anderson. Yeah, uh, I really like that one. That was that was a wonderful interview, particularly, uh, you know. And Brian's the, a great broadcaster. He, he's, he's a great broadcaster. It's almost like inside the actor's studio mm-hmm. from a sports. He talked about golf and he talked right. about other things. But he told his Jack Buck story, right? Right. And so anybody who's known Jack Buck has had the honor of knowing <clears throat> Jack Buck, and I knew him slightly, has a Jack Buck story. So yeah. what's yours? 
Oh man, I got, I got a bunch. I mean, I could give you so many, um, having worked at KMOX, um, I got to see Jack up close and there's some I could relay that were repeatable and others were not. And all were great and, and positive and funny, but one that comes to mind, I'll give you two, but one that comes to mind that, that talks about how generous he was is that at KMOX, the, uh, Sports open line at that time was like at six, you know, roughly six o'clock, whatever it was. And we would have the cleaning crew come in and Jack would always, there's two parts of this and Jack, and then I'll get into a personal story, but Jack would come in and, you know, Hey kid, how are you, Dan? You know, and Randy Carricker would be there and Randy's a big influence in my career and my life and one of my best friends. And we'd be getting ready for the show and, you know, he'd say, let's, let's get pizzas. And, and I'd say, okay, Mr. Buck, what would you like? And he may not even have a piece of pizza, but he'd say, you know, let's, let's get five pizzas. And there might be, you know, who knows who's coming in at eight o'clock. The show was from six to eight and you might get, um, five pizzas for three people to four people, whatever people afterwards. And, uh, he'd give you, you know, $250, and I remember the first time I did it, I went down and I gave him his change back. And I said, here you go, Mr. Buck. And he said, I mean, he was mad. He's like, what the hell is this? And I said, well, here's your change. He goes, what are you doing with that? That's supposed to go to you and the guy that brought the pizzas, you know? And he, and he was mad. And I, I finally figured it out. It was supposed to, it was a tip for me and the, the pizza guy. He was trying to help me out. Really, that's what he was trying to do. Sure. So then I figured it out. Oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. The other part of that was the cleaning people would come in about six o'clock and if they knew Jack was on the schedule to come in, they would purposely wait to come inside the sports office. We had these little glassed off areas. You had your newsroom and your promo room and your sports office room. And they <clears throat> would be coming around, you know, cleaning up the trash cans or whatever they would be doing and, and throwing stuff away. And if they saw that Jack was not in there, they'd stop and then go do another room. And then the minute that Jack came in, then they would come in and before he went in the main studio, they'd come in the sports office and that's when they would clean the, uh, <clears throat> the, the trash cans. And all of a sudden hundreds would be flying out to these people, oh my gosh. you know, and that's how, you know, generous he was, but that gives you an idea. That was Jack. And that was every time that he was in there. Um, a personal story would be, I mean, just, I could give you countless of being on the air with him and working with him on the, the, the NFL shows that we did, which really became must listen to radio, which was awesome. But, um, I, at the time I was doing, and, and Jack was still alive. I was doing the TV and sometimes I got to fill in on the radio and the weekend we were doing a Dodger game at, at Dodger. I was doing the Dodger series, the Cardinals and the Dodgers at Dodger stadium. And that was the weekend before. So now it's the weekend, the next weekend at home. And the Dodgers are at, at Bush Stadium. And uh, Mike Shannon has his night at the races. And it's a Saturday. And I think the following day, it's um, an ESPN game. So they know that we're going to have that game. And the Saturday is a, um, it's, it's raining really hard. But they know they're going to, they have to get the game in. And Mike has got his uh, charitable night that night. I think maybe a night at the races or something like that. And so they said, Mike's going to have to get out of here. Will you come down and fill in for, for Mike? We're going to have a long rain delay. And I'm out doing yard work. And uh, I get a call from Steve Uline, who was running Bud Sports at the time, which kind of oversaw the, um, 
the broadcast. And he said, take your time. We're going to have sports open line. Mike's going to get out of here and, um, and you know, we'll fill it, but you got plenty of time. I said, well, let me shower up and I'll, I'll get down there. So I get down there and I, I say, um, you know, Hey Jack, you know, Hey kid, how are you? And, uh, you're ready to go. And I said, yeah, I said, Mr. Buck, I got, um, all my notes from the weekend before. And he said, let me take a look at those. Oh, this is great. You've got this, that, and the other. Now, my notes would tell you, John, that I had, I could tell you Joe Blow, where he went to school, where he was from, who his grandparents were, what they had. I mean, I had everything on the Dodgers, right? So I was ready to go. He grabs these notes, okay, and we're down by the booth, and um, and he grabs them, and he tears them up into about a thousand pieces. Oh, my. And throws him into a trash can. And the trash can is behind us, and the field is in front of us. And he says, kid. And at this point, I'm, my, my stomach drops like, oh, my, those are my notes, right? Now, you got to remember, this is radio. He said, kid. And he throws him in the trash can. He said, that's not the bleeping game, and points at the notes. And he points to the field. He goes, that's the bleeping game. Describe what you see, kid. And he goes, da 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 do 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 da do And he walks up the stairs, and he left me alone for, like, the first couple of innings or whatever it was. And it was a great lesson on radio in particular is that you describe what you see, and the game is not on your – it's not in the books. It's not in your notes. It's not watching a TV monitor that's in a radio booth. It is. It's truly what you see. And he would always tell us – he'd always give us little hints, you know – you're the eyes and ears for those in a hospital that can't get out of a bed. You're the eyes and ears um, for those that can't see. You know, you're the eyes and ears for the handicapped that can't get out of their house. Remember to be those to be those eyes and ears for those people that can't make it to the ballpark. And I never forgot that. I try to do that. I know I can't do it the way that he did it, and so many greats have done it on radio, but... Um, it, it was just a great lesson, and it's one that has always, always stuck with me. Well, we need to do this again. Anytime. You've got you've got so many stories, and we've just we've just begun to tap into it. I love it. So, Scoops you're a good man. With, Scoops with Danny Mac. Thank well, you for your time. You're always a pleasure today, to be with in a class act, and I always see it. Uh, it's spring training, and it's always a, a, a pleasure, and uh, and it's always one of my favorite things to do is to reconnect spring training with you. Good to see you. You too.